Welcome into episode 71 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield, and unfortunately, Philip is not able to join us tonight. Something came up, and that's completely understandable, but I am actually joined. We plan to have a guest on the podcast anyway, and that still worked out. Uh, today, I am joined by Drew Schneider. He is uh, a writer for Bring on the Cats uh, for the K-State perspective uh, from the, their SB Nation side. How are you doing tonight? Doing well, man. Doing well. It's the first uh, cold day of the year, so I'm uh, sort of cuddled up here. Yeah, the day, the, the, it was a good day when I could put on my, uh, just like a crew neck sweatshirt and go to class and some jeans. It was a, it's a good day. I love this type of weather. It's perfect football weather, too. Like that, it's going to be nice this weekend, I hope. Yeah, well, I'm from South Carolina originally, so anything below 50 degrees makes me want to curl up and sleep for a month or two. Yeah, that's... I find that off. Yeah, that's fair. I understand that. Yeah, it's so interesting that you you didn't actually go to K State. You went to Clemson, and then you write for them. But you also write for Purdue as well. So you were you were well versed in college football. I do. I have uh, you know, my dad raised me as a Purdue football fan, which I haven't forgiven for. <laughs> uh, that's uh, he's he's going to a bad nursing home. I feel like for that. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, I went to Clemson, and then all my wife uh, is a professor at K-State, so I'm in uh, Manhattanness. All right, awesome. Yeah, it's a, well, if you've been to Manhattan, it is actually a pretty cool town. I've gone there a few times, went to the up to the game two years ago. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty cool spot, so it, it's a good weekend for a game. Uh, it's an 11 a.m. game, which kind of sucks. We had, we've had way too many of those the last few years, but... You know, here we are, and it's another game, and both teams coming off a loss, so it's a must-win for both teams, and especially for Oklahoma State. You know, losing to Iowa State was something we didn't expect, and now this season's really in dire straits just because of how backloaded the schedule is. Oklahoma State really needs to win this game in Manhattan on the road, which they've won seven road games in a row, so, you know, hope to keep that streak alive. But take me through kind of how this season has gone for Kansas State. Obviously, it's been kind of a roller coaster with just, you know, kind of having two quarterbacks but not really having a quarterback at the same time and, you know, kind of being an anti-Bill Snyder team and not having as good of a defense as we've seen in the past. Uh, so take me through kind of how what the the mind of someone who watches K-State uh, regularly, you know, how this season has been. You know, as somebody who's not maybe quite in the uh, EMA K-State cult, it's been sort of interesting to uh, – not that that's a bad thing. I mean, it's a But uh, – you know, it's been interesting to sort of watch this as almost as an outsider, but, you know, watching all these different K-State games, and it's it's really just been a train wreck of a season. I don't, there's not a lot of good things to say. Uh, you can't decide on a quarterback. More of the problem is they can't decide, like, Kansas State can't decide how they want to play. Like, I've never seen a team that has two distinct styles, uh, and they can't decide if they want to be a power run, quarterback uh, quarterback power, read option uh, team with Alex Delton or a spread sort of intermediate passing game, uh, you know, power run with the tailback on the shotgun uh, team with Skylar Thompson. So it's really been like watching two different teams this year, and neither of the teams are particularly good. Uh, so, yeah, it's been, it's been tough. Uh, you know, Snyder's bringing in, supposed to bring stability to the program, but right now, there is, uh, not very much of that going around. It's just been some infighting and, uh, 
been, other than the Texas game where the defense was really good, the defense has been really bad. I don't, uh, the linebackers especially, they're a little beat up right now, uh, and they weren't good to start with. Um, Baylor just exploited them that uh, unit all game. Uh, K-State's best pass rusher is going to be out for the uh, first half because he picked up a brain-dead penalty, uh, targeting penalty in the fourth quarter uh, against Baylor. So, you know, just the, every game it's just been something else, something new. It just hasn't worked. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I kind of want to go back to Bill Snyder for a second before we move on and talk a little bit more about the game. But it's been weird watching K-State this year because it's a very anti-Bill Snyder team. Like, it's just has not felt like the same K-State team as in years past. And do you think this is kind of the end of the run for him? Do you think he retires after the year despite signing that long, that five-year extension? You know, what's kind of the feeling around the fan base of, do they still want him around? Do they, uh, you know, do they want to move on to his son, who apparent, who I've heard is kind of the heir apparent, at least within the, you know, what he wants? Uh, what what's going on here with uh, the coaching situation uh, in Manhattan? This is this is one of the tougher coaching situations I think there could possibly be, because Bill Snyder is a legend. State. He is Kansas State football. He's got a highway <laughs> named after him. His name's on the stadium. So, um, you know, you have, he has all the power in this situation as far as, you know, he's concerned. Uh, and so, yeah, apparently he wants his son, the special teams coordinator, to, uh, to take over for him. And that's where... Uh, I think the school and Bill Snyder are going to come to uh, issues because I do not think that is the route that Kansas State particularly wants to go, uh, especially after this year. I say after this year, like it's over, but especially what's gone on this year. Uh, the special teams have been bad. Like, that sounds familiar. Bad. Like, just, and that cost them the Baylor game, straight up cost them the Baylor game, probably cost them the Texas game. Uh, in the Baylor game, the, the returner came out and, you know, Baylor did a, like a pop-up uh, kick to try to get the returner to, to bring it out. And instead of calling for the fair catch and taking it on the 25, he catches the, the five on this big high kick and gets tackled and fumbled on the 15. And Baylor scores a touchdown. And then there's a new kicker this week because there are other kickers out with an unspecified injury. The Mighty Midgets uh, out? Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. And so uh, I don't know if he's out this week. Kansas State is very, very uh, cryptic about injuries. And that's also one of the weirder things I've seen is they're super quiet about injuries. Uh, so who knows what's wrong with him. But he didn't kick the last game, and his replacement missed an extra point and the 38-yard field goal, and Kansas State lost by three. So, uh, and then the Texas game, they gave up a uh, return uh, for a touchdown that, uh, and I think they lost by what seven. So, yeah, special teams has not been uh, very helpful, and so that's where it's going to 
absorb, and that's, you know, his son's, uh, the position group. What's really weird about this Kansas State team and Bill Spider team is there's no real, like, you know, that hardcore fullback, tight end, defensive end, do it for Emal, super, you know, K-State guy from a small town in Kansas. There's no really player like that on this team. Last year it was uh, the fullback Winston Dimmel, but he's gone along with his dad, uh, who's the old offensive coordinator to uh, UTEP. And uh, so it just doesn't feel like a Kansas State team, like you said. And, uh, it doesn't look like one that I've seen in the past. Yeah, I haven't you know, followed that closely, but uh, until recently, but just watching them play, it's sloppy, undisciplined, uh, lots of turnovers, not what you would expect out of a Bill Snyder team. Yeah, it's very, very weird to watch. The thing is, like, despite all that we've talked, you've kind of talked about how bad this season has been, that doesn't mean that Oklahoma State fans aren't terrified for this game and are worried about this game because we've seen what's happened in the past. At least since I've been in college since uh, 2015 and that season, I mean, a fifth-string walk-on wide receiver played quarterback and it took a you know a game-winning field goal for Oklahoma State to win that game. And then it took a Herculean effort in the fourth quarter in Manhattan in 2016, down by two scores, to come back and win that game. And then last year we saw what happened in Oklahoma State just laid the egg at home, which is just kind of becoming a theme with them, to a K-State team that was really reeling, and they ended up rattling off three more wins to be bowl eligible. So this game still worries me because I know how you know K-State kind of gets up for Oklahoma State every year, it seems like even when they're not that great. So what do you think is one of the keys to the game for Kansas State? And, you know, so what What do you think, uh, how do you think K-State can win this game? I mean, K-State is not a bad football team. And that's what has been really weird this year. They got out last against West Virginia and Mississippi State. And those two teams were really bad matchups. But they played with Texas. They should have beaten Texas. They're uh, uh, wide in the end of the second quarter, um, just a wide open pass to tight end, and uh, tight end dropped it uh, in, in the in the half. Uh, so it took seven points off the board there um, against Baylor. There was two personal foul penalties on the K State defense in the fourth quarter, um, a fumble, and you know Baylor deep in Baylor territory. Uh, they fumbled a snap on a fourth down for a turnover on downs. The Skylar Thompson missed two wide open receivers for easy touchdowns. Like the points are there. If KC puts it together, they can win. This isn't like a, a team that you just can come in and walk over and the tap you know, it's not there. The last two games they should they should be on a two game winning streak right now. So they could be a dangerous team. Or they could absolutely fold in the first quarter if you jump on them. But I don't, I don't know how much, uh, what they have going on mentally right now. I feel like it seems almost a little bit like a, uh, a broken team right now. So that would be my advice. Yeah, see, I think it's a fascinating game because of how we have, you know, we have two teams coming off losses in games they should have won. Uh, Oklahoma State did not play a great game against Iowa State. The score may say 48-42, but Iowa State dominated that game for 
pretty much three quarters on it. The the way the game flipped was when Zach Siner had a uh, this uh, snap on a punt go off his face mask, and he ended up having to kick it out of the back of the end zone for a safety. And the game, you know, the game flipped on its head just that quick. And I think Iowa State ended up scoring on two consecutive possessions after that. And that was with a true freshman quarterback who I believe was their third string on their depth chart at the beginning of the season after Kyle Kemp got hurt. Zeb Nolan played, and then Brock Purdy comes in and just light, lit, absolutely lit up a young Oklahoma State secondary. So I think that's what's going to be interesting for me to watch is which K-State quarterback they come out with, if it's going to be Delton or Thompson. And it, I think it should be Skyler Thompson because of his ability to throw the ball down the field. Oklahoma State has had problems stopping throws over their head uh, pretty much all season, especially with a quarterback that can sling it. And we saw what Skyler Thompson did to Oklahoma State in Stillwater last year. And this is with a younger secondary and a new defense. They're still working the kinks out seven weeks in. So it's an interesting spot, but I think this is a game that Oklahoma State must win because you win this game, you go into the bye week, and then you have Texas for homecoming. So this is a huge game for Oklahoma State, especially going into the bye week to get some rest, get healthy for a backloaded rest of the season. So Oklahoma State needs to come out early, and they like playing 11 a.m. games. Mike Gundy likes his team playing 11 a.m. games. So I think just the timing of the game could play into Oklahoma State's favor, and they always seem to get up on the road and play better. We've seen they've won seven consecutive games on the road. So it's the kind of a perfect storm for Oklahoma State to come out and get a win against a team that is kind of reeling after two games that were winnable for them. Yeah, so you're definitely going to get Thompson because Delson is out with another unspecified injury. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, he didn't play against Baylor, and everybody was surprised. Uh, so, yeah, he was uh, he may play, but um, as far as I know, Thompson is going to be uh, the guy uh, pulling the strings. Um, K State's one of K State's big problems is they don't have any wide receivers, uh, so that's where you guys kind of luck out with having the younger secondaries. Kansas State is really bad at the wide receiver position uh, this year. Uh, they lost their uh, you know, big Pringle last year was their big playmaker. Isaiah Zuber's good. Uh, he's more like a like a nice slot receiver than a number one receiver. And Dalton and Shown is he's good ish. He's dropped a lot of passes this year. Dropped a lot of couple touchdown passes. He gets open, but he doesn't always catch the ball. And he's not a group super athlete. And those are the only two people Kansas State throws the ball to. So, uh, or, or back out of the backfield. So, um, it, it'll be interesting. Alex Barnes is coming off a three touchdown, 200 yard performance against Baylor. Obviously, I probably could have run for at least 75 yards against Baylor. Uh, but, and I'm old and have a bad knee. But, uh, you know, he's a hard runner. I would say out of everybody on the offense, he's been the consistent guy that, uh, K-State's been able to lean on even when things have gone bad uh, and he's done okay. Yeah. So if I, that would be my concern uh, if I were an Oklahoma State fan is that Kansas State offensive line, which looked much better in the second half against Baylor, coming out and Alex Barnes running the ball. Yeah, Alex Barnes is one of my favorite running backs to watch in the Big 12 because he seems like he gets better as the game goes on, and the more you hit him, the harder he runs. So he, it's a, he's a very 
he's a very good runner outside the tackles, but between the tackles, he's hard to bring down. So he's going to be a huge challenge for Oklahoma State. And thankfully, our defensive line, our linebackers, have played well this season so far, and I think they played well enough. So I think they, I think they can find a way to bottle him up and try and contain him in some way and force Skylar Thompson to throw to a, what seems to be a pretty thin wide receiving core. But I wouldn't want to dare him to throw too much because we've seen, you know, uh, receivers blow the top off the secondary multiple times this season. That that can't happen too often for Oklahoma State because we've seen uh, we've just seen it too often. So tell me about a. I've talked about a lot about the Oklahoma State defense. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the Kansas State defense. And what we can expect to see. Uh, do you think Oklahoma State has a pretty good chance to put up a lot of points? Uh, obviously, we have seen Taylor Cornelius at times be able to throw the ball pretty well. Justice Hill's a great running back. Uh, even though we've had a lot of offensive line struggles, uh, what what kind of threats do does Kansas State pose on defense? The offensive line really struggled against Iowa State last week, so they're looking to bounce back. And if uh, they can marginally keep 
Tim uh, Cornelius on his feet, then I th- and you know in the pocket, not having to you know break contact, you know in the first you know second and a half that he gets the ball, I think almost they can be okay. Uh, I want to see them go a little bit quicker in the passing game. That we've seen a lot of slow developing routes at times, and he goes and Cornelius has had problems going through his progression pretty early. Um, he's pretty slow going through it, so. If Oklahoma State can find a way to get the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker, I think Oklahoma State will be okay. But this game still definitely concerns me. It's going to be a four-quarter battle. These are two teams that need a win desperately, and I think they'll both play like it. Uh, before we wrap up here, uh, give me a score prediction. You know, What do you think is going to happen? Uh, any bold predictions, uh, feel free to fire them off right now. I think it'll be something like the 8.7 Oklahoma State, something around there. Uh, I think Kansas State will be able to score. I think Barnes will run. I just don't have, after watching that Baylor game, I don't have a lot of faith in Kansas State uh, defense um, to get stops when they need them. Especially against, uh, they struggled mightily against Mississippi State and West Virginia. And uh, I know Oklahoma State's maybe not quite there uh, this year on offense, but they're close enough to give uh, to give Kansas State some issues. Uh, so that's where I'm probably gonna go. I think Oklahoma State will probably be somewhere in the 30s, and I think Kansas State probably somewhere in the mid to high 20s. All right. Yeah, I have this one. This game just like it's one of those that I always kind of circle it because I know it's gonna be a dogfight, and I know that even if Oklahoma State may be the better team, Kansas State's always gonna find a way to play them close. Uh, I think Oklahoma State sneaks out of Manhattan with a win, 34-31. I'm not necessarily saying that it's going to be another late field goal for Oklahoma State or they win, you know, last second. But I think it's very obvious that, or I think it's, uh, there's a pretty good chance that this one's going to be a battle for 60 minutes. And it's going to be, it's going to be entertaining, but it's also going to be very stressful for both, uh, both our uh, fan bases because it's going to be, it, it, a lot of the rest of the season kind of hangs in the balance on this one. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting game. You know, I will be an interesting game. I will be in attendance my second game of the year. Uh, and uh, the crowd was a little restless against Texas. Uh, and it will be interesting to see what this K-State crowd, how they're feeling uh, in this game, especially if uh, Kansas State struggles early. Uh, I think Kansas State, to have any shot of this game, has to come out quick because I don't know if they have the, uh, you know, the mental capability of coming back from uh, an early deficit. So that would be my advice, to jump out on them early. Because um, if they get in the groove, man, if they get in, that, if they get in the groove and start running the ball, they can cause you guys trouble. Oh, yeah, I know. If Oklahoma State doesn't jump out early, I'm going to be very nervous sitting on my couch watching this one. Uh, that's all I had. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up here? No, just looking forward to the game. Um, and uh, like I said, it's been a very interesting season to watch Kansas State play. And uh, Oklahoma State, uh, I feel like, having some similar issues. So it'll be a weird, weird sort of uh, maybe a battle for redemption. Yes, I think that's that's a good way to put this game, battle for redemption. Both teams desperate for a win, as I've said multiple times, but it feels very true, and that rings true for Oklahoma State with two somewhat inexplicable losses and, you know, a fairly 
uh, with a not as difficult fr- front part of the schedule before we hit Texas and then at Baylor and then at OU uh, right out of the bye week. So it's going to be – this is a game that Oklahoma State needs to win if they want to go to a bowl game, to be quite honest. Uh, it'll be interesting, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, Drew, do you have any social medias you want to plug real quick? Feeling is mutual, so, my friend. The feeling is mutual. So trash, and I wish they would stop running their mouths. Uh, as a Clemson backer, I hear about Oklahoma all the time, and it, we beat them, and we beat them, and they still think they're 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 better than we are. I don't. It's so weird. I just hope you get their little five foot six quarterback and corral him. Uh, you know, and uh, I hope you just take it to that defense because they deserve another beating, and I was so happy they lost. Yeah, so it'll uh, no no promises yet um, on beating OU, but we can always hope, we can always dream. Um, but yeah, so uh, thank you once again for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, it was good to get another perspective on here, other than just Philip and I running our mouths about how we think Case, uh, Oklahoma State's going to win a game. Or not, because we've done that in the past. Yeah, no problem. Great to talk to you. And, uh, yeah, anytime you need anything, uh, you know, I can talk about anything. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, and then you can follow me at JT Penfield. And be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. And that'll wrap up this episode. We'll be back on Monday to recap, hopefully, an Oklahoma State win. Uh, go Pokes, beat K-State, and we'll see everyone for the recap. <laughs>